1: That story won't be told, that it was a bad shot. Tied at 115, crown rising to the feet, George defend lillard After a week of sports that could drive a sane person crazy, two men arrive in the wee hours of a Sunday to provide clarity, truth, and questionable sports takes. Spread floor, Lillard with 47 tonight, working it down to 2-1, to one, a deep three! Oh! Goal! What? This is Sports Sunday. Blazers win the series! A walk-off three from Lillard! A recap of the Sports Week, a preview of today's games, and next week's big stories. Jamie and Lillard from way downtown! Now, here are Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher with Sports Sunday on the Odyssey app and 1080. that's a bad shot. The fan.
2: Welcome in to Sports Sunday. Now that's one guy I don't mind singing on the radio. That's Rashad Taylor, and boy, do those uh, sinuses sound oh, sound gorgeous right now! Ooh,
3: man, I you got those I, buttery pipes back. Let's go! I don't wish that on my worst enemy, <laughs> man. That was, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. You know, Joe, I don't call out of the show very often. We uh, don't call out of the show very often. You do not. No, there, there try has to our be best. there has to be something that really, really went wrong for us to be like, yeah, you know, I can't make it today you know, for the most part. And you, you at least get more reps at it during the week, you know, right? So, you know, there's a, somebody might be gone. So, hey man, we need you to come fill in on Dirt and Sprague or we need you to come, you know, take up some time for Dusty or Prime Time. Like that, that can happen for you more often than not, especially because you working in the building on some days, like that can happen. Me, I don't get like two and three reps, you know, during the week. So I have to make sure I make the one day count. True. True. So I hate not being able to show up. Even when I was out of town for my birthday, like I listened to some of the show in the airport you know, as I was getting ready to, to come back home, but it was just kind of one of those things. Like I hate not being there. So when I woke up and it was like maybe four 30 initially. And I was like, okay, like I can't breathe, can't sleep, making things a little bit more uncomfortable, man. By like seven o'clock, it felt like I had a, a balloon in my nose and just helium was just being pumped in, like rapidly. That sounds
2: just fantastic. My
3: eyes hurt, my head hurt. It was the worst feeling I felt in, in a really long time. Bro, I so. uh,
2: yeah, I got the call from you at like eight a.m. last Sunday, eight o three, and uh, yeah, eight o three exactly. And uh, yeah, I could just tell right when you were talking. Right away, it was just yeah.
3: And anytime bro, I Joe, start a conversation guh, with
2: with bro. <laughs> bro, that's letting
3: you know that man. I'm. I'm. Uh, it's. It's a wrap today. This isn't. This isn't gonna work. So. That's
2: my best Rashad last Sunday impression.
3: I I'm <laughs> mean, I'm a little deeper
2: than that. I'd sound
3: like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It was pretty bad though. So I might have sound like that and had no idea. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back.
2: Bro. We are. We are down a man though. Uh, Jordan Schultz is uh out in Boston throwing tea into the harbor and uh, doing other Boston things. Right. I believe it's a wedding. His wife's friend is getting married, who is in their wedding, so they have to go to their wedding. And, yeah. yeah, you know how it goes. Um, That's a real thing too. Like if you, <laughs> if you we know, came out to George, your wedding and we were in your wedding, we took that time. You got to do it for us. You
3: have to, man, and and it sucks if like somebody has a destination wedding. Oh God, yeah, you hear those like, stories. You have to, you you have to, you know, foot that bill. To and more, <laughs> it'd be one thing if like. You know, as in the wedding, if you're in the wedding and the groom said, especially for a destination wedding, and the groom's like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for your tuxes just to make sure I can get you there." Especially if you gotta fly to Hawaii, fly to Mexico, wherever you know, wherever the case is, man, it'd be a good thing for the groom to say, "Man, I got y'all. Like, I'm, I'm gonna get your, your tuxes for you. Don't worry about it. You know, but man, make it, make it easy for me, bro.
2: That is, uh, yeah, that, that's a. a uh, take some of the. the it's pressure a rough off of me. move to put on friends, like unless you know your friend's financial situation and they can afford that Hawaii trip or wherever you want to do it, at, uh, do the island or do wedding destination at. That's one thing, but uh, to do that and then expect them to be there and it's like, bro. This
3: I feel <laughs> like if you're having a destination wedding, a you're bit. eloping. You're essentially eloping because there are a lot of people that you know. Depending on your your financial background, right, and 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 your the means that you actually have, like. I know if I'm having a destination wedding, there's probably a lot of people that aren't going to make it.
2: Oh no, yeah, more that, than likely. That invite list. Listen, I'll make it as big as possible and just be like, "Hey, if you can make it, pay your own way." But uh, you know, yeah. I only expect about five people to be there.
3: Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of that thing when you have a destination wedding. But you know,
2: Boston isn't necessarily a a destination. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's. it's you it's definitely a, it's not on. I don't think it's even like on the top. Fifty things people or cities would uh, come up on people's list as far as like destinations. We should see there.
3: that. We should see what the, the the top fifty cities are. Are we going worldwide or are we
2: going in the United States? I think in my mind, I was going worldwide. I think it's better to go worldwide. Too. I would okay. almost say that. Even in Do you the think US? Portland would come on that list? Uh, I think before Boston. Really? I think por- a Portland summer wedding would be better than a Boston summer wedding. Now, have you wedding. been to Boston? No. And Boston's that's how com- actually, confident I am Boston's in
3: that actually, like, if you go there and the architecture and everything, it's actually a really cool-looking city, you know, at certain points. Now, there are some parts of Boston that are terrible, you know, like Roxbury and, and, and some other parts that uh, historically have been really bad, you know, notoriously racist. Uh, but for the most part, like, there are some really cool – parts of Boston. I have a pretty funny, I guess. It kind of sums up for me what I felt like Boston was in general. So, I worked for the Boys and Girls Club for a really long time. And um I was living in Las Vegas at the time. Shout out my guy Luke Anderson. And um <laughs> and uh we they sent us on like this whole like leadership trip. Every year there's a leadership conference in a different city. Well, this year is in Boston. And so leadership, conference. yeah, right. Look at this guy. Oh here. man, I'm
2: pretty pretty big deal. Bro. Glad I'm not in the same room as you. Yeah, I'm just a big allowed. deal. She's a peon just, over here.
3: So we're like, man, we're gonna, you know, let's let's go to a Red Sox game. Red Sox are playing. We get there, uh, we're like, nah man, we don't really want to go in. Don't really pay the want to pay the money right now. Let's go to a bar. Let's go right around here. Go to a bar, have some fun. So we go to a bar, sit down, you know, have some wings, have you know some burgers and everything. We're sitting there, we're watching. I think uh, Boston's playing. I want to say, like, the Pirates or something like that. I can't remember who they were playing. So we're sitting there. We're watching the game. And we still got these two guys next to us, two white dudes. You know, we're cool. We're chopping it up the whole time. I'm telling them I'm a Patriots fan, so we bond over that for a little bit. And, you know, the whole time, no problem, right? No right. issues. Okay. We get up and get ready to leave. Me and my black co-worker, you know, we get ready to leave. And one of the guys go, man, you guys are funny color guys. <laughs> And we were both kind of like, we, we we were stunned. We didn't know exactly, you know, what to what to say, and that so it was kind of hey, like
2: you two black guys are wicked cool. You know? All right, I mean,
3: if they'd have said that, I'd have been like, man, cu- cu- I mean, cool, man, thank you. But it you was know? just the way, but like, it was the... like, man, it was it was so casual. I'm like, yeah, you're a f- couple funny uh, funny colored guys, and it was like, like
2: what, uh, like, that's a, we, just, that's an we interesting sp- collection of words there. We just spent but, the last three you? hours together <laughs> for the most part,
3: you know. So that was the, that was a really weird. But for me, that was like. Boston in
2: a you know yeah, in a nutshell. I, I was gonna say my guess is that is actually like a Boston compliment. They just don't. Know yeah, how I was to, like, like I, I think say you know, it. Correctly. No, for the way he
3: said, like there was no, there was no like, uh, it, 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 it was, there was no venom behind it. There was no. It was like it was so casual. It was like, oh man, you're a funny, color guy. I'm like, what?
2: Uh, we would. We, I don't know whether to be mad or like zap you, you up. You or... should have seen the, the the
3: way we looked at each other. Like when we walked out of the bar, I was like, man, did this? Did he really just? Okay, like, we didn't know if we should be angry because of the way he said it and, like, the cavalier tone that he had when he did it. But it was, you know, but, I mean, for the most part, like, it's a cool-looking city in certain in certain respects.
2: Uh, yeah, I would say it would be very low on the wedding destination list. Boston, Massachusetts. What about just so. on the visit, visit visitation list? I'd say pretty low
3: on the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe not a place you want to get, you know, married, uh, yeah. but, you know, Maybe a place you want to have a few beers. You know, we know that uh Fenway is somewhere that people that it's an actual destination for a lot of people. Yeah, right? I mean
2: like that's I would go there because I'm in Boston, or, not going to Boston because of Fenway. Yeah. You know, it's not like I want to go there that bad, but um yeah, I, I I mean I would assume Boston is very low on that list. Now, um where I was at yesterday though, Mountain View Golf Course <laughs> That was beautiful where I was playing. Okay. Well, the I mean that's or- definitely a destination. You know, of course. Spot. Eh. But what was beautiful was my gamer shot. Gosh. How'd it you was do? was gorgeous. Um. You know, it was a number. It was a number. Let's okay. not let's not focus on it too much. Um. What I do want to uh actually focus on is that we will have Will Ortner next week with us. Big Willie style, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. The bald boy himself. Uh, he jumped in on uh, the hot corner on Wednesday night with me, filled in, and I don't know what he's doing today. Oh. You know where he was last night? He was up in British Somewhere Columbia, British Columbia, at UFC two eighty nine or whatever it was. Okay, that's where he was. And so he was, was going to uh, say doing something manly. He was yeah. across the border with his uh, with his buddies, and I don't know what uh, other activities, but he was telling me that's where he was going. And so uh, saw Ama- Amanda Nunez's last fight. Ever. Last fight, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, but you know, man, what a. Would you? Could you? Could you honestly date a woman who was like a, who an established your UFC or like Bellator, or whatever star? Like only, not like she used to be, or <laughs> only like if I was like, too. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying like, I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any argument ar- arguing with your girl at that point.
2: No, no, I mean you are. Um... I mean, you're day. a
3: civilian, you're like a civilian, you like, you know, you're, you're an accountant. Your stay-at-home or dad like that. is what yeah. you are,
2: is yeah, that house is clean. Oh,
3: if, absolutely. <laughs> if Amanda Nunez is your, is your, is your lady, man, you're making sure you're cleaning oh, yeah. that toilet every day. You're making sure it's always down <laughs> when she comes in. Like, there are no mistakes. Those little small mistakes that men make, <laughs> I don't think you're making those if like Layla Ali is your, is your woman. No. for sure.
2: No, that's not happening. Um... You don't forget <laughs> anniversaries and birthdays. Yeah, dishes are, dinner is ready. Yeah, the House. towels are
3: the towels are just so you know everywhere. There's oh, yeah. there's no way just apologizing
2: for everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wake I'm up, t-
3: apologizing. <laughs> what can I do? How can I
2: serve? <laughs> it's like it, it's fine. Just relax. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, but what what do we have going on? I feel like there's like something happening right now. Oh, NBA finals. Right. That's one thing. Uh, almost done with that. Uh, we have the NHL Stanley Cup going on right now. We have the RBC Canadian Open, which, um, Rashad, at some point today, we might have to talk about that, uh, PGA Saudi stuff. I figured you'd want to oh, dive boy. into that a little bit. <laughs> if we got the time, if we got the time, because, uh, there is a draft coming up and you were gone last week and, uh, I was going into some uncharted territory with things I was saying. Some things that would probably be coming out of your mouth, Rashad, Uh-oh. as far as what we do with the number three pick and what this Blazers franchise. So we will talk about that next. If you want to uh, interact with us or the show, you can hit us up on the socials. Rashad is at TaylorMade503. You can catch me at JoeFish3. That is F-I-S-C-H. Text line, let's see here. 503-864-6FAN. That's 503 864 6 Fan if you want to interact with the show I'm trying to get the text line pulled up right now but it's, uh, it's not being cooperative right now so give me a second all right but we will read your text on air as we always do uh, I do have some audio though here Rashad that okay. I want to play in this next segment this comes from actually a, a show on the fan earlier this week that is about the number three overall pick and this person is quite adamant about what we should do here in Portland with the number three pick. We get to that next here, Sports Sunday from 9 to 11 on 1080 The Fan.
1: to Sports Sunday with Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan.
2: So last week, Rashad, we were talking about the many options that the Portland Trailblazers have with this uh, draft pick, the number three overall pick and the young talent that they have on the team, some of the assets. I feel like they have a uh, hundred second round picks that they can now trade. And I I could not believe it and I maybe I was uh just coming off of a scoot fever here. Okay. Because his uh workout happened last Saturday. People are very excited about Scoot. But boy oh boy, it seems like the the crowd, the the chants, the noise from the Trade Dame crowd have just skyrocketed in the last week or so. And not just from fans. Uh, the hypotheticals that are being thrown out from Dame on podcasts and, you know, who he would hypothetically what? like to play Mr. with. Mr. Ten Toes and- Down? Okay. Okay. All right, what? Rashad. It's getting to a point where I'm starting to uh, he- I'm – I'm not there, but it's hard to get to that point where you are as far as trading Dame. Because of the ten toes down over the last ten, eleven years he's been right. here. But uh, man, this I feel like this off season for some reason the noise is louder than ever. But then I hear, well, he's just uh, he's building a house. He's uh, he's building a house in Portland, and he's not. I mean, not going anywhere. It's. But I am just tired of hearing it from everywhere else. Because the more chatter I hear, the the whole where there's smoke, there's fire mentality.
3: Right. I mean if something doesn't happen, I, I think we can, we can see him going. I think he's, you know, he's, he's foreshadowing, you know, what he feels like should happen, I guess. Or, you know, we, we know that Damian Lillard is a, is a huge asset to the Trailblazers. And really, we're talking about a trade asset. He's really the only one that you have. Like, I know people love Simons. So they can get a lot for him. But how much can you get for first or, you know first team second team damian lillard like a lot right right so i understand mind you i think dame will be one of those guys unlike drexler that will be in portland for a long time as a as a resident you know as somebody that comes back to, to live here and do stuff in the community i think that's going to be dame's kind of legacy you know here in portland so no it doesn't shock me that he's building a house in a place that he's lived for 11 years you know at this point like i it, it, a lot of people that play for a certain city end up living in that city for, you know, a while, really making it their residence. You know, Dame has a, a, a wife that's probably doing some work here, you know, within Portland in some capacity. I'm sure she's not just looking to just uproot and go somewhere else, you know, right now. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. So I think Dame's going to be here for a while as a resident. That doesn't mean he's going to be a trailblazer forever. And here's the cold part. I think people kind of think that i don't want dame to be here you don't that's not that's not true at all you don't no it's not true at all but i'll say this man this is you've been so happy dying in your bed the last week seeing all these reports as blazer fans we 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 love to hang on to to we love to covet players that's what we do i love the blazers more than i love dame before dame was here after he'll be here the blazers hopefully will still be around like so if it means possibly moving on from somebody who we haven't won with. Let's just be honest. We haven't won with, he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't, I mean, he's, I think the closest he was, is like finished fifth, you know, one year for the MVP. I want to say that was his first, first, uh, first team year. I want to say he finished like fifth or sixth. He was in there, but you know, never finished in for an MVP, um, never made a defensive team, you know, anything like that is like, man, yeah, I will be not okay with moving forward, but I would understand if the right pieces were in place, to trade something for Damian Lill. You can't just give Dame up for nothing. And I don't want to give him up for – if we're going to give him up for something, it has got to be a lot of draft picks or something like that. But I don't want to give him up for nothing. But if you're talking about building a team, trying to do something right now, and it looks like you might go in the direction of keeping the scoot uh, uh, pick possibly, then I think it's time to move on and start over.
2: Well, I want to play this audio for you because this comes from earlier in the week on Dirt and Sprague. Uh, Dirt – was there and had on Ben Goliver, a reporter for Washington Post, NBA reporter, writer of Bubble Ball, um, one of the best from this area. And he has a great answer. Now, this answer is two minutes, so uh, I would love for the listeners to listen to the entire thing because it's a great answer uh, that he explains just perfectly what the Blazers need to do as a franchise with this number three pick.
4: To Me, this one is so easy. During, everybody just needs to have a full reset here and step back and look at Portland Trail Blazers history. When were the most successful eras of this team's uh, franchise history, and who was driving those wins? Bill Walton, number one overall pick. Clyde Drexler, uh, actually not as high as you would think. Uh, he was picked outside the top ten, but still a first round pick. You fast forward a little bit, uh, you know, to more uh, recent history. You've got Brian and Roy a high lottery pick Well, Marcus Aldridge high lottery pick Damian Lillard high lottery pick. This is easy. If you want to have sustained success in a small market like the Portland Trailblazers, when you get a top lottery pick opportunity, you get the number three pick in this draft where everybody says it's three players deep and then a big drop off. You use that pick. It doesn't matter what stage of Damian Lillard's career he's at. It doesn't matter how happy he is how many interviews he wants to do flirting with the Miami heat or any of this other nonsense. If you want to build a team that can be consistently in the playoffs and maybe on a good year, make the Western conference finals and, and maybe even make the finals. History says you draft, you take the best player available. You go through all the workouts like the Portland Trail Blazers have. Sure. You listen to trade scenarios if they're out there. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is a very, very simple proposition. If scoot is available at three, you take Scoot and you ride with him for the next 9 to 12 years. This formula has worked for Portland before. It will work again. Scoot's the real deal. And I understand it could get a little choppy. You know, that's probably not what Damian Lillard wants to hear. But, you know, look, there's, a, there's such thing as a franchise player and there's such thing as a franchise. And the Blazers have to do what's in the best interest of the entire franchise, not just the franchise player. And if that leads to a divorce, whether it's this summer or next summer, a couple of years down the road, so be it. You have to bet on the young talent. You have to cultivate that talent, and you have to build around it. That's how the NBA works when you're in a small market and you're not grabbing all these free agents and having all these players try to force trades to your destination. It's a very, very simple, straightforward process. Use the pick.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, there's Ben Golver. Like I said, he's pretty damn adamant about how you build this team and what you do with this pick. And it's using number three. And when he puts it that way, I mean, that is a two minute perfectly put answer as to why you use that number three pick. And as you mentioned, Rashad, and I definitely have this opinion. I have this opinion more so when players are like getting in trouble or uh, aren't worth bringing on the team because of off the field issues. I say the same thing as like, Hey, the team's still going to be here long after that player is and I don't want to tarnish the reputation of a team and the front office and the other players and because of bringing on a bad player who has a pass that I don't want to be associated with. Mm-hmm. You're using it for the reason of, I want to essentially move on from Lillard because I love this team so much and that this is the correct way to have success is by using this pick, going younger, because I care about the future of this team and what happens long after Lillard is gone. And he's either still in the league or retired. There still will be a Blazers team. The reason Golden State was
3: able to be as good as they were able to be and come back and win a championship last year is because they were able to add younger pieces to their roster. Yeah. You know, to be able to to go along with established Steph and established Draymond, establish, and then all of a sudden, even a couple of years ago, you throw in Jordan Poole. I'm like, oh, like here's a kid who can come in and do more for you. Like. I think Dame is at that point now to where we we know how great he is. We know what he can do, and I think a lot of people think this this is a slight to Dame. It's like no, it's not a slight. Actually, in some ways, this is a compliment because we know we can get a lot for you. It will, we won't we won't be getting Ruben Boomjay Boomjay coming in here for you <laughs> at this point. You're, we're going to get somebody who is an established star, potentially two people that that are established stars for or on their way to be. Uh, being established stars for a Damian Lillard so like I said I I love the Blazers you know and and Ben Goliver mentioned like this is how it goes when you're a small market team you you hope that you get a great player you ride them out for as long as you can ride them out hopefully it means them getting to the conference final or or you know if all all goes well get to a a one-off championship and stuff like that but a lot of these small market teams you look at what OKC is doing right now, and you look at the fact that, man, they've got a bunch of young draft picks. And all of a sudden, like, next year, with and you add, um, and I don't know why his name is spacing me, they, they they drafted him this past year, Gonzaga uh, uh, Sports Bra. Chet Holmgren. Yeah. You draft Big Chet, he ain't even got a chance to play with them last year. So then you add him to that mix, and holy hell, like, yeah. OKC looks like they could be, that's a murderous road of, of – of a, of a starting lineup right there if you're talking about what they have right there. so the blazers you look at young ant and you look at you know uh, a young shayden and you look at some of these young pieces that you have and say man why not add one more person and try to go with a, a youth move and then if you can get a, a an established big or, or a miles Turner or somebody like that that could potentially help you down low like all of a sudden the blazers have a chance to to really do something at least, sustain some type of success for the next few years does it mean a championship run probably not but does it mean an opportunity to be in the playoffs compete for you know second round conference finals stuff like that yeah I think you can put yourself back in position do that I do think this Blazers window with Damian Lillard um has closed Dame had the greatest season that he's had as a professional and the Blazers finished 13th in the conference. You know, and and one of the, and they're going to be the third overall pick in the draft. So like as great as Dame is, it's not equating to any wins right now. I mean, in this season was almost a little more disappointing than the last season. Right? Like I mean, you have Dame, you get Jeremy Grant, you get I the, would
2: say it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean or you, it was, you have
3: all these pieces still and Dame had a, a season where he was absolutely out of his mind. And we looked almost as bad this year as we were last year when they were still trying to figure stuff out.
2: Well, yeah, and you had a a full season of Damian Lillard, so there really weren't any excuses enough to make
3: enough to make first team or second team. Second team, excuse me. Yeah, second team.
2: Yeah, I mean, still great season. I mean, everybody said best statistical. Uh, season of his career He had so. one of the
3: top 10 seasons of anybody in, in the NBA this year You know, if you're one of the uh, first
2: or second team That means you're you, as far as the season goes <laughs> You're a top 10 player You're a top 10 player in the NBA this year Right, right uh, I want to get to something related to the Blazers next Because Rashad, this this happened when you were gone last week But an article came out in the Washington uh Street Journal I want to say Okay And I don't know if you had read it or if you had seen it but it is about the Blazers' current uh, ownership. I did read some of it. (laughs) And since you weren't here, I want to give you the time to react to it because it was funny. Last week, we were talking about all the options for the Blazers, and I even said, I was like, you know, I feel good about being a Blazer fan at this point in time because of all the options we have. And then this article came out, and... Kind of painted the picture of what the next two years are going to look like for the Blazers and how important they are. And again, I want to get Rashad's thoughts on that. So we will do that next, but I will give you a Sports Center update.
1: Sports Sunday with Rashad and Joe on Portland's Sports Leader 1080,
0: The Fair.
2: Hopefully uh, up around the bend is new Blazers ownership, because last Sunday, Rashad, a Wall Street Journal, journal article came out that uh, was titled, The Team That Billions Can't Buy. And it uh, reiterated a lot of what we already knew, is that uh, you know Jody Allen does not want to sell the team right now, uh, does not want to sell the team to Phil Knight. And uh, Alan Smolinski, who is a uh, part owner of the Dodgers, who also wants to invest in the Blazers. Uh, we kind of knew that. What we didn't know is that we have billionaires writing handwritten letters to billionaires, basically begging and pleading, just talk just to us. Just listen to us, man. For the love of God. And you know
3: that's when it gets bad. Whenever, <laughs> you know, the texts aren't working and you send a handwritten letter to or us, your like your assistants and your lawyers, yes.
2: and those people aren't getting it done, it's like, damn, I got to write a man. handwritten letter now? This is this is preposterous. That's crazy. Um... <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in this article and, um, man, it just kind of highlighted that the Blazers are over the next two years in a weird spot because, they I mean, they have their stadium lease agreement is coming up in October 25. Their obviously team is in limbo when it comes to sale, uh, when it comes to selling it. There is an estate, uh, Paul Allen, that is selling off assets right now, but they're not selling off the teams. And uh, it, it just... We're basically being held captive by Jody Allen right now.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, and you're crazy if you think that this isn't affecting your star. If you think that Damian Lillard doesn't see that you don't have really a functional owner that understands sports. And let's remember, Mr. Allen was Dame's guy. Dame was Mr. Allen's guy. You know, so when there was issues, remember about, man, things shaking, being shaken up and Dame wasn't happy. He didn't talk to management. He talked to Paul Allen at that time because I'm not liking where we're at, you know, as a team. And so we're crazy if we think all the stuff that Damon's going through right now, like if he had an owner that would be able to talk to him and say, "Yo, like, I understand it's crazy right now, but we're trying to figure this out, and you're still our guy. Like, I'm sure that affects him right now. We feel like the Packers right now. We don't really have an owners Like, the the, the, the fans pretty much own the team. But in the case of Jody trying to sell it, or refusing to sell it I think and this is just me I could be wrong but the fact that Paul Allen is 85 you don't think that has anything to do with them just not wanting to sell you mean Phil Knight Phil Knight I'm so sorry no, Phil no, Knight yeah Phil Knight is 85 years old um you think I have anything to do with the maybe the hesitation to sell it off to to Phil although Phil Knight has put 400 million dollars into an Albina project to make sure he can um they can change and fix up the Albina neighborhood, which is amazing as somebody who lived on Albina at sixty seven oh two North Albina for a lot of my life. So it's awesome that somebody's coming in
2: to fix that neighborhood or Gosh, really help. What's like south of that neighborhood? What's like in the Albina neighborhood kind of technically? that is the very southern part of that rashad is it i feel like it's some sort of like entertainment area with stadiums that are uh, oh, around man. there it's
3: right up the street i don't know it's called the you used to call it the Rosegard the Rose something they used yeah. to call it that i don't know rose quarter is something that, like that yeah is that ringing a bell? Yeah, yeah something I like that it's so. kind of right off of there not too far away so though right
2: you're saying the dude that wants to buy the team also invested 400 million dollars into the neighborhood just north of the place that they play in? Huh.
3: i never really thought of it like that before but yes joe that's exactly <laughs> what's happened with mr knight and so um yeah i think phil knight is a person who obviously knows sports obviously knows business and then went to cleveland high school Loves yes, the Trailblazers. I mean, Went to University of Oregon, like has a tie, to the major ties to the city. Started the biggest, you know, uh, conglomerate, you know, as far as sports and sports apparel in the world, and Nike. Like, I think he knows what he's doing. And at this point, it feels, it feels almost like personal. Like we're not. I'm. I'm for sure not selling it to you. Anybody else? We're not selling it to you right now, like that. Just it seems like this is, I don't know, because you clearly, Jody, you don't really want to do this. You don't want to talk. You, you, you don't. Yeah. You don't really want to engage in what ownership is supposed
2: to be. Oh, her quotes would tell you otherwise. I, I, I read her. I read her statement. She is that very she involved in all of it.
3: She says it can take up to twenty years to sell off his estate. Well, we're not talking about all of Paul Allen's estate. We are talking about the, the Blazers, <laughs> and we're talking about the Seahawks. But yeah. for right now, we're talking about the Blazers and this is one asset of many assets that
2: Paul Allen, you know, had in his estate. Well, in the Seahawks, I was just reading something too. It's like she doesn't want to sell them because there's like a bond that expires after 25 years with the team that any sale 10% would go for the go to the state of Washington or the city of Seattle, I forget what it is. So, basically if she goes through the rest of this season not selling the Seahawks, she avoids that 10% bond that would then have to go to the state of Washington. So it's like, there's one reason why you should hold on to the Seahawks a little bit more because you are literally getting 10% of your billions. That's crazy back. And That's then, crazy. uh, for the Blazers, I mean, yeah, this whole article, it, it's just, they're, they're holding on to the team for as long as possible. Um, I saw one great comment on it. It's like, they're, She's plastering some things up. She's patching holes in the stadium. She's doing this and this, basically getting the house ready to sell on the market for when the TV deal uh, comes up in a few years. And then she can make probably double than what she will make right now. Yeah. And look, I mean, to uh, her defense, um, and I feel like I need a shower after saying this is that she played the deal smart and not listening to uh, and even entertaining the offer with Phil Knight and Smolinski the sun sold and it went from basically a 2 billion offer to a 4 billion offer right there so they knew that the price went up with the suns and they were even like hey we'll pay it like we let's do it you know? like i
3: mean and that's the thing you have you have an ownership group that's saying okay more like cool like we don't want to pay that but if it means getting the job done then we'll do it you know i see somebody in phil Knight who really wants this to happen and what kid from Portland doesn't want to own the trailblazers
2: right <laughs> right that's right? that's, very, a, that's yeah.
3: a we often talk about being drafted by your you know the team or the city that you live in and everything like that and how much of a um dream come true that is just imagine you you you're from i don't know you're you're from milwaukee or you're from somewhere and you now all of a sudden you you own the the green bay packers yeah. like i mean you grew up wow. idolizing this team, and now, like, it's yours all of a sudden. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I think we're all pulling for Phil Knight because we know um, Phil Knight puts his money where his mouth is. Let's not forget, there was a point that he, he redid all the basketball courts in Portland, yeah, you know, that, just to make sure, did, redid some parks and stuff like that to ensure that students and kids, you know, had a place to go. Now, some of them probably need some upgrades at this point. Maybe a seen power a, wash I've seen something. a couple of those parks. They look a little messed up, a little however. Ma- a little bit of moss on uh, them. However, we, yeah. we don't see a lot of organizations doing that, and so, um yeah, I am obviously all behind, fully you know behind Phil Knight getting this done, but I just kind of feel like Jody is going to doesn't matter what the price is. She says, "Well, it's 8 billion now." And they're like, Ugh, "We can give you 7." She's still going to be like, "Ah, well, no, I don't really think so." So, I don't know. It feels personal, but I don't know that for sure, but Jody just doesn't strike me as a, or excuse me, Miss Allen. I gotta stop just saying Jody. I call him Mister Knight, Miss Allen. Don't address her formally, okay? No, I mean I want to make sure I'm I'm respectful as well because Dear you God. Know, especially as you a, think hey.
2: she was respectful of those penguin bones.
3: <laughs> no, she and wasn't. those security guards. But there are
2: tons of penguins. Uh. There are penguins all over this world, man. I don't think penguins are going extinct. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you can collect their bones like as a souvenir. Why
3: not? <laughs> Why not?
2: Like we can collect. That's a good like, point. I have a, a baby gator head. In Seriously, my house. like people can collect. Like
3: <laughs> I think you know, there's
2: just uh, some a some certain animals you can do that. There's, yeah, do th- that there's with. elephant
3: tusk and everything like that that people just you know decide they want for just the ivory or whatever. So all of a sudden, what do, what do we need the penguin bones for?
2: Uh, again, I just don't think you can just take penguins. Is it because
3: bones? penguins are cute?
2: <laughs> and Could like be. you know, what I mean whatever. Could it's like be. yeah, just
3: because they're like a cute little animal. If like she was koala bones, like oh my god, why poor little koala. It was a bear, a stuffed bear in our house. we like, man, that's a really cool stuffed grizzly.
2: Well, <laughs> all of a sudden, we got a problem with penguin bones. Well, what is that over there in that uh, that glass case? Oh, that is the skeleton of a penguin. Oh, my, oh my God. God. How could you? How could you? <laughs> you animal. Seriously. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I'm, I,
3: I think as a Blazer fan, I think I could speak for us all when we say um, if there was any trade that needed to happen right now, it would be uh, Phil Knight for Jody Allen. Off top. Like if there's anything we can all agree to, if it's any trait that everybody can agree to as a Blazer fan, it's probably that one today.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just gonna read this quote about the owner of the Blazers. One former military man said under oath, he didn't feel comfortable being alone with Jody Allen. Another former Vulcan bodyguard, also a retired Navy SEAL. Keep that in mind. A retired Navy SEAL said Jody Allen bought tight, revealing swimsuits for the security detail and asked the men to do a fashion show. Vulcan contends that any conduct resembling that described was entirely innocent, incurred in the spirit of fun. One veteran testified in 2012, I'd rather get shot at than do this. What's the problem? What's one, the problem, guys? <laughs> right? You don't want one to be- remembered telling to Vulcan to turn that Jody Allen's behavior was going to bring the company down. You don't like being scantily clad and in, in front of
3: older yeah, think, women, like
2: I, I think that's what's talking uh, at you. I think that's called sexual harassment, Rashad.
3: Is it? Yeah, it's for sure. Is yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely honestly. it is, man. Yeah, Jody is one of
3: those. Yeah, I don't know. She seems very strange. I mean, I'm joking about the penguin bones and everything like that. <laughs> but for the most part, I remember when that story initially came out. I was like, oh, you're a freak, freak, huh? Like yeah. you're really out there on some weird stuff. And if if
2: like yeah, if like she a were a man, freak, like... if
3: she were a man, right? This wouldn't this this would have been resolved years ago. There would be no question. There's there's Jody probably would not be the person in charge of Paul Allen's trust and, and if 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 this if she were a man. Giraffe same. bones
2: too, Rashad? Um, really? Come on. Well, there are lots of giraffes too. I'm reading several allegations about the bones of rare animals being smuggled for Jody on the FDA reportedly collected and destroyed 78 pounds of giraffe bones.
3: What's the problem? <laughs> Are <laughs> giraffes extinct? Is it illegal to get have giraffe
2: bones? Man, that uh, what is that? Is that a elk? Is I that think that a, we need to uh, see is that the, a deer mule. That's I, very nice. I what, think what we is need to see there? the list
3: of like endangered species to this way say like,
2: man, she
3: took out another, took out another giraffe, eh?
2: I I, I just yeah, there. I guess there's some uh, there's a line that you step over when it comes to hunting. And I feel like when it comes to collecting penguin and giraffe bones, that's kind of like a. Are you
3: okay? I just want to know what you're doing. With
2: are it. you? Are you need to talk? Do you need to talk to someone?
3: I just want to know what you're doing with it. <laughs> that's the main question for me. Like, why do you? Why do you have these? And if it's like an, you know, when you used to go to the museum and they have like the big uh, woolly mammoth or something like that, and have those bones or a, or a dinosaur's skeleton or something like that, if if that's what it's for, then potentially, Okay, like if you're starting some type of museum. Of weird animal bones, but if you're just putting this stuff like on the wall, like that's that's weird.
2: All right, so and again,
3: if, if Jody were were male, then we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Uh, just saying,
2: it's quite possible we could.
3: No, I'm saying we could, but it would have been about how they've you know they're no longer in charge of the ownership. group.
2: Oh man, all right, well, how about we go from one team with uh. Terrible ownership to seemingly two teams with great ownership that are in the NBA Finals. How about yeah. we do that? Let's lighten I'd the mood not. a bit, huh? Let's uh let's go from uh, penguin bones and giraffe bones to some uh, X's and O's. You want that, Rashad? I mean, penguin giraffe bones have been it's
3: pretty fun to talk about, but hey, I, I suppose we can
2: talk some hoop. I was diving in deep on a uh, hippo talk last week, uh, so I mean, the animal podcast might be coming soon. I mean, go for it, man. People <laughs> love animals here in the Northwest. So Who yeah. doesn't love animals? Gosh. All right. We're going to go uh, talk about the NBA Finals next. Nuggets in control. 3-1 over the Heat. Do that next here on Sports Sunday. ten eighty. The Fan.
1: You're listening to Sports Sunday with Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan.
2: NBA Finals, Game 4 was the other night. And the Nuggets, they took a 3-1 series lead over the Miami Heat. And uh, Rashad, it's uh, starting starting to look like the Nuggets got this thing wrapped up. Like, it, you know, game two, which, you know, uh, pat myself on the back. I will uh, say that I called Heat covering that eight and a half. But I did also say that this felt like a 4-1, 4-2 series with the Nuggets winning it. So, man, it, it's heading that way. Maybe the Heat can do something tomorrow in Denver. But again, this Nuggets team looks like they are firmly in control of the series. The Heat just and I, don't, don't, I don't know what the Heat need to do. they
3: there's nothing they can do. They're not good enough. That's just what that's just what it is. I think the Heat have been an amazing story um throughout this playoffs. You know, um an eight seed that beats a one, obviously. You know, they go through the play in first, win that. You beat the you beat the number one seed, which was Giannis and Company. You go out there and in that whole New York fairy tale that they had going, you beat them pretty handily. Looks like for a while you were dominating the team that everybody said is probably going to be the champion this year in the Celtics, and then you lost. Really, since the game, since uh, Game Four of the Celtics series, they are there. They're they're, they're at one and six, or excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, two oh, two and six
2: after Game Three. Yeah, there, yeah, they're 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 two and six. Yeah, you I know? see what you're saying. So yeah. they lost three straight. So they've lost. They've yeah lost six of their last eight. Yeah,
3: and so <laughs> good point. Um, not this playing, is not
2: playing good basketball. Not right now. playing
3: great <laughs> basketball. Um, Gabe Vincent. It looks like a shadow or the shell of what he was in the first few rounds. Like he's been no. He's had two games where he's had two points or less so far in this in this playoff run. Tyler Hero, we keep hearing, Tyler Hero's going to play. This is the game he might play. and then That's
2: how you know how desperate this team is. is absolutely. That every day you're getting updates or seeing things about Tyler Hero's status. It's like That's day. how much they need points it's, right now.
3: It's, it's, they're desperate right now. And you're seeing Jimmy Butler. Um, and Bam Adebayo, I'll say this. like He's been hooping these past few he's games. He's working because, his ass
2: off this series. Because
3: in the last couple series, he was getting cooked all the time. And now he's in a situation to where he's actually doing work. Jimmy's doing work. I just don't think they have enough. Jamal Murray is like when you look on the other side and <laughs> Aaron Gordon is just torching you, Feasting. you know, on the other on the other end. And mind you, I'm one of those people that's like if Aaron Gordon is beating us, cool. I'm not cuz mind you, I don't think Aaron Gordon's going to do that every single night, right? You know what I mean? He's not going to knock down that many open threes. Like he's going to knock a few a couple of them down, but Aaron Gordon has been awesome for them. In this series, uh, Brown has been awesome for them in this series. Like all the guys that aren't Jamal Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic have been really, really good for this, and with exception of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and have you noticed, just on sidebar, have you noticed Michael Porter Jr. like never passes the ball?
2: No, because he doesn't get the ball as much as he would like. So when it does get to he's him, shooting. He wants to either time. shoot or do something for himself.
3: Michael Porter Jr. is definitely gonna let it fly every time it gets in his hands. Like he's not passing. Have you've seen all the there's you know clips and everything of him just like completely looking off other people and just man, I'm taking this shot. That's just one of those things. But as bad as he's been in the series, uh everybody else has been phenomenal. Um coach Michael Malone is just Man, I don't want to say he's coaching circles around Spolstra right now, but as far as what he's able to do, like, hey man, Like, no, and something about Jokic watching him—it's not fun basketball to watch a lot of times. What? Like, not, I'm not saying it's not fun, but everything Jokic does is like—it's not. It doesn't look sloppy. I'm not saying that, but it's like dribble, dribble, turn. Like, it's what Tim Duncan, you know, was. And Tim Duncan's is one of my favorite players ever. He and Kobe, my two favorite players ever. But it's not exciting to watch Tim Duncan, right? And that's kind of how I feel about Jokic. Like, even with, like, the fancy passes and stuff like that, sometimes it's just saying. Like, just the way he scores and stuff It's not
2: as uh, exciting as, you know, as some others. But he's a perfect player. I've been hearing this Tim Duncan comparison a lot more lately. And while I understand it, I'll say that Jokic to me is way more exciting than Tim Duncan ever was. Wait, like, Jokic, the – have you? Did you see Tim Duncan ever do the Sombor shuffle as the clock is expiring and shooting up a three pointer and it just cashing nothing but net yeah, I've seen multiple it. times I've in the seen, playoffs? No, nah, I've seen it. No, not huh? really. But I've
3: seen what I have seen. <laughs> what I have seen is Tim Duncan come from the left uh, from the left baseline, take two dribbles and smash all over Shaq's face and stuff like that. So when I say exciting, I mean Tim Duncan's is not going to celebrate after it's over, but he's going to have a play and there was like ooh. Nice move and everything. And mind you, Jokic has those, but a lot of it is he doesn't dunk a lot. He doesn't do a, a lot of that stuff. Not a lot of power above the rim, you know, moves or anything like that. So right. that part can be a little, like, okay. like But every the way he can score, he scores so easily at the basket. If he's if he's within 30 feet of the basket, it's probably going in. Within 30 feet. Yeah, so he's basically 30, in any, the half. Any, anywhere. if he's top of the key, I don't know why they keep doing this. Like, they keep leaving him open for a bit, like on the pick and roll at the top of the key. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's that splash. I don't see I don't see him missing too many of those, but this team just looks so much better than Miami. Miami has looked amazing up until this part. And um a part of you feels not bad for Jimmy Butler because again, you, then you take into account, man, these dudes are playing with seven undrafted players. They're playing without two of their of their best scorers in Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo there's there's a lot there's a lot not working for miami right now and on the other on the flip side there's everything working for denver and so um i feel weird saying this but denver might go on a run of a couple championships like this like if they can indeed keep this team together mind you this is the first time that we're breaking away from that warriors three-point shooting monotony to where it's just this is how you win a championship you shoot a bunch of threes and hope that it goes in. Well, here's a team going back to old school. Got a dominant, dominant big man, a dominant wing player, and then I got a bunch of guys in, in between there that can fill in. That's that's classic NBA, right? You know what I mean? Like that's what we've always been used to up until the last few years. You need a great big to get stuff done down low. You need a great wing player, guard, whomever, to be able to get things done on the perimeter. They've got both of those, and they've got them in spades at this point. So. Um, I honestly think we could be sick of the Denver Nuggets within another year, year and a half, two years.
2: I say keep giving it to me. I I love this team. I love how they've been through it for years and built this team and stayed with their core and then ended up getting the team uh, the right pieces to add to it this year. I mean, you want to talk about the end right. of that fourth quarter with Bruce Brown? Ew, mm-hmm. what he was doing out there, man. Um, I mean, old man Jeff Green nailing a three late in the game for him. I'm spacing on uh KCP, huge defensive possessions late in that game coming from him. Uh, we don't talk enough about K- KCP and how, how big he's been he's for this yeah. team. Absolutely. All right. Before we go, I have, uh, three stats and three factors, uh, that have, uh, come up in, as I'm doing some research for this, uh, series here, uh, for the heat, they are shooting 44% on shots and, inside six feet against Nikola Jokic in the finals. So, again, if it's a six-footer or closer and they're going up against Jokic, they're shooting only 44%. That is high percentage shots within six feet from the hoop, right? And when Jokic is there, 44%. So you want to talk about, oh, Jokic is not a defensive factor. Well, boy, he's shown it this series. Um, Another uh, stat for you, and this has to go with uh, Nikola Jokic, is that uh, man, if if he wants to cement his legacy with this NBA Finals, he needs 14 uh, assists in this game, five, to average a triple-double for the playoffs. So if he wants to really, really sell people on how good he is, then he needs to average that triple-double in the no, playoffs.
3: No, and, and Jokic has been, you know, I still think, I would still contend that Shaquille O'Neal's 2000 um, playoff run was the Really, 2000 season was the greatest season anybody's ever had. You know, in the NBA, I would, I would, sincerely say that. Um, but I think Jokic, um, if he can indeed complete the, you know, and get this championship, that would have meant he would have got two a back to back champ, back to back MVPs, and it's almost like Giannis, back to back MVPs and then the championship to follow. And so that's what Jokic will have done. The year he didn't win the MVP, and a lot of people say he should have he won the
2: championship. Yep. So, so what does gotta, that say about him? <laughs> that's
3: no, that's saying that Jokic is I don't think it's I don't I don't really think it's uh he's the best player in the league. Period. That's just what it is at this point. Like he's and it doesn't have to be flashy. Tim Duncan for years was the best player in the NBA. He and, he and Kobe and Shaq. Like, you know, for 10 years from 2000 until 2010 uh, one of those dudes was in the finals every single year. Shaq, Tim Duncan, or Kobe. Right. Every single year. Yeah. And I think we we're on the things where Jokic and this Denver team, Jamal Murray, is going to be in the finals every single year.
2: Uh, well, I hope not every single year, because then that means the Blazers aren't going to be going. Uh, but well, uh <laughs> yeah, I mean. Which you it, already know stings me, because they're the, the, the Denver Nuggets. Right, right. So. Uh, and last thing, uh, the Heat are down 3-1. There's one player on the Heat that knows his experience well. Mm-hmm kevin love baby mm. do you think he can uh, get the team <laughs> all right well we tried miami it was fun while it lasted game five tomorrow night 5 30 on abc all right that's our number one uh i saw something on the text line that uh yeah does make me curious about how we perceive this denver team versus the rest of the country And also, I want to do a little bit of comparison of the two franchises. And then we got some other stuff to get to. Uh, I saw on the text line someone asked, no Ducks baseball? I will try and shoehorn some Ducks baseball. Rashad is shaking his head over there. (laughs) Talking baseball professionally is hard enough with Rashad. I'm trying to get him on Ducks baseball. Oh, God! I would like to get out
3: there at some point, maybe next year, and catch a couple of ducks games. So. Um, yeah, and then that we've got fun.
2: we've got PGA stuff. Um, God, I I have one segment that I uh, or one uh, story that I think we will get into the final uh, segment of the show, shot and I cannot wait to talk about it. Uh, so yeah, loaded second hour coming up. Stay tuned, Sports Sunday, right here on 1080 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.